I got to check the budget, see if we've got enough money to do intros for all of the different various co-hosts who sit in with me on a Sunday morning. I got a feeling the budget may not be that big because we have a variety of them who, uh, I mean, last week we didn't have anybody. Then we could actually use that intro, Matthew, and it fit. This week, maybe not so much. The it is I, Sports Sunday, though. The way I look at it, you don't need your name in the, in the title for you to be a big part of it. I mean, I think of Lindsey Buckingham. That was not called <laughs> Fleetwood Mac Buckingham, right? So I'm Gee, fine with it. That was the first thought I had, too, was Lindsey Buckingham. And that Buckingham. is the first of 12 times I will compare myself to Lindsey Buckingham today. Oh, boy. Uh, that guy over there is DJ Bean from WEEI.com. He's going to be sitting in here. We're, we are the pregame show for Joe Castiglione. I mean, that's realistically what we right. are. We're yeah. here until 1 o'clock. Uh, Red Sox baseball comes your way at 1 o'clock today as uh, the Red Sox continue grapefruit. I, I, personally, I think the season's now over based on the Grapefruit League record so far, but I'm yeah. going to try to. It, it's like those folks. Does not it, bode well. It, it's funny what a snapshot society we are. Uh, I got a tweet from a guy last night. Uh, yesterday afternoon as the game was going on, who said, uh, yeah, I bet Cam's having a hard time justifying that ticket price hike now because I, they've lost the really, first two because games. They've lost, yeah, well, because they've lost the two games coming out of the of the Olympic break. So now they're having a hard time justifying the, the ticket price hike because of those two games. Yowzers. I mean, I don't feel great about the ticket price hike, and I think that that kind of falls in line with maybe what people might think of the Bruins owner to begin with, but... I mean, I look at this. I look at this play since the break, and I wrote about it uh, for this morning for WEI.com. You look at the play, and it's just generally been loose, sloppy defensive play, uh, poor decision making. Sort of like we had in early March last year. Right. Yeah. But things from this personnel that you generally haven't seen too much of. So around the time of the trade deadline, I think people see that and they say, "See, they need to go out and they need a, a top pairing guy or a top four guy." And I think they do. They really could stand to add a top four guy. Well, the minute but they this see Tory Crew beating Buffalo, they say that, right? The right. minute you see a play, a yeah. single play where a defenseman gets knocked down, puck goes to the front of the net. Gergensen's puts it in the back of the net. Oh, we got to get a defenseman in here right. because of the one play. But I mean, there. I think they need to get a defenseman in. Anyway. Exactly, I, I agree. But not because of that. I think it's. I think it's just a matter of them needing to replace the veterans that they've lost. Because you look at this back end, and Claude was saying it the other day. Look, we're not going out and looking for a veteran defenseman to punish these kids or to say that these kids aren't doing a good job. We were counting on these kids being here, but we were also counting on having our veteran defenseman. Having and Dennis Seidenberg and, and, and Adam, Adam McQuaid. McQuaid. Adam McQuaid, that's an interesting one. Where do you fall on the whole McQuaid situation? Because as I look at it, there are major redundancies there between Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller, two guys big and strong. Miller a little stronger, actually. Uh, right shot. I'd like to have Adam McQuaid in the lineup. For the postseason? <laughs> I'd like to have him in the lineup, period. Yeah. But here's, here's what, what I think the realities are from a Bruins perspective. They've played 59 games now. Yes. Adam McQuaid has played 30 of the 59. Right. He has had another setback uh, in his attempted return to come back. I'm at the point now where if if I were Claude and Peter Shirelli, I would go to Scott Waugh and John Whitesides, and I'd say, I want him ready for the first game of the playoffs. Right, that's the priority. I want you to get him whatever you have to do. If you have to take him back to square one, and I don't think they do, by the way. Right. But whatever you have to do, I want him ready for game one of the playoffs, and that's our only goal. Yeah. If if. It works out that you hand him to me or before that, then fine. That's a bonus. But, but that's he better what I be. Want. But he, but he still better be there for game yes. one of the playoffs because that's the thing. He might come back. Sure, we've seen him come back twice, three times this season. But inevitably, he goes out shortly afterwards. 
even I mean, he didn't even make it back this time before he suffered that setback. He was supposed to be in the lineup at some point this weekend. Thought he was going to play yesterday. Yeah, that the was way, the, the way they were talking coming out of the Olympic break. He was practicing with the team, uh, made the trip to Buffalo. Yeah, uh, I I think they certainly expected that he was going to be able to play this weekend. If not yesterday afternoon, then tonight, New York. He had a setback. There's no sugarcoating that. Yeah. Something happened. He was starting to feel it again, and they correctly, in my opinion, just said, okay, back off completely. So, and, and I feel bad for, for McQuaid because the first time he came back, he felt good, felt ready to go, gets injured again. Then the second time, he, was, he, he would speak at length about it of, you know what, I want to be back, but I'm taking it easy here. I'm going to, or not taking it easy, but I'm being careful. I'm being, being extra cautious. cautious. Sure. The team's being extra cautious. We don't want this to be a situation where I come back in the lineup and re-aggravate something because once I get back in the lineup, I want to be back in the lineup for good. So even with that having with that having been the plan, it happened again. So now I'm with you. I think that you look at the McQuaid situation and say, if he's ready for the playoffs, great. Let's not rush him back before then. We have a nearly identical replacement for him for the time being in Kevin Miller. So much so that I, I like th- Kevin Miller. I, I'd rather have Adam McQuaid. If you told me today my choice is to have one or the other in the lineup, I'd want McQuaid in the lineup. So so why, why do you say that? I just think that he's bigger, for one thing. Yeah. Uh, he's got more size, and when you get to the playoffs, size matters. Right. Uh, he's got more experience, especially playoff experience yep. at a top level. And I like Kevin Miller, by the way. Yeah. I, I think that he's got the potential to be a very, very good defenseman for this team going forward. I love his game. Uh, if I had Adam McQuaid in the lineup, it isn't Kevin Miller who would step out of the lineup. It would be somebody else who would, who you know, I would, I would have to make a move with. See, this has kind of become a, a moot point now because now you're you're looking at maybe waiting a little longer on on McQuaid. Claude the other day, in the most troubling but probably honest quote of the season, said uh, when he was talking about McQuaid's setback, he said, "You know, yeah, whatever. He's he's day to day, week to week, month to month. I don't know what he is anymore." Basically right. saying like it's it might be a while before he's back again, and that could be a week, that could be a month or whatever. But I mean, when I saw Kevin Miller after two three weeks, I saw that redundancy that we just talked about, and I thought whichever one of these two guys you can get something for, this is the roster player that you can move, a la Mark Stewart, Blake Wheeler sure. in 2011, because you do have a redundancy there. With Mark Stewart, you had Adam McQuaid, and I know that they're different shots, but they bring a very similar type of game, and. Adam McQuaid afforded the Bruins the opportunity to move Mark Stewart, a guy who was making more money. McQuaid makes more money than Miller. I thought if both guys are healthy, you can move McQuaid and get something pretty good because although he's he may just be a, a bottom-pairing defenseman for the Bruins, he's got a nasty that I think a lot of teams want to have in their room anyway. When was the last time you saw a Bruins team give up two one-on-none breakaways Yeah, in a game? Right. I, I mean— it, and, and I know how frustrating it was for everybody, and I and I know, look, I know how frustrating it is for the team. They give up two power play goals to the guy who's clearly yeah. far and away the best power play shooter in the National Hockey it's, League. That, that second one was just... I mean, you give up two power play goals yeah. to him, that's going to happen. And they gave up two one-on-none breakaways. Yeah. Now, now, one of the first one, he had to kind of split the defense pair, but did, and, yeah. and was in alone on goal. Second also one, he poor, was in alone from the blue line after the defenseman fell down at center ice. We, we overreact to everything. I've seen my, my body of work watching the Boston Bruins play is that you're not going to see that very much. Right. And, and I'm, you know, as, as frustrating as it is for everybody, as much as I wanted to see them play better yesterday, yeah. I'm not going to overreact to the fact that they 
know, they had a couple of egregious defensive laps. So that's the thing. That that makes me sound like such a Bruins weenie, and I, I mean, whatever. I don't care what I sound like anymore. But I look at this team, and I see them have these two games out of the break. Even when I was writing about it after they lost to Buffalo, that was a bad, that was an ugly loss. But I look at it, and I'm like, I'd be lying if I say, if I were to say that after watching last year's team and how it performed down the stretch regularly, not just one night, not just two games in a row, regularly, and then saw what they did in the postseason, I am convinced that this team, I don't know if it just doesn't have the regular season in them or if they just strategically say, guys, let's go at 85% during the regular season and 115 in the postseason. But I can't watch this Bruins team and overreact to poor play or something that I think or is shoddy goaltending, right. which was the issue on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's just be fair here. And I'm not trying to pick on Chad Johnson above all else. He had a bad game. Um, so and in fact, I'll, I'll first guess Claude on this one because I was actually saying it before they played. I would have played Svedberg. Really? Because he'd been playing all along. He uh, didn't that, have the Olympic break. That's actually, if you're going to play one of the two and I had no problems leaving Tuca home. Yeah. You know, he's still oh, definitely. trying to get back from the flu yeah. and, and get back out on the ice and all that stuff. So, so I wouldn't have played fine. Tuca yesterday for what it's worth, but go uh, ahead. Well, but anyway, you, you, you leave Tuca home. You're going to take Svedberg. You're going to bring him up from Providence. You're going to bring he and Chad Johnson. This is not any knock on Johnson as he subsequently played, but you had a goaltender sitting on your bench who didn't have an Olympic break. That's that's a good point. I, did, I didn't even think of that. And when they brought up Svedberg uh, – Last week to to practice with them, it seemed like a case of all right. They're going to have these two guys go to Buffalo, even though Jeff Ward afterwards said, "Oh no, no, it's just for it's just for uh, for practice." But I mean, I, I look at Chad Johnson, and I think the Bruins fans are a little bit spoiled by the good goaltending or the, this very strong backup goaltending they've had over the last few years. Obviously, Tuca is the is the the first example. But even Anton Hudobin was a really, really solid and steady backup goaltender. I only think he, he might got... be as good a backup goaltender as yeah. you'll ever see. Yeah, well, he's starting right now. And, I mean, I think that you look at him, what was he? He was yanked maybe once or twice, I think, of that, that Toronto game, I want to say. Uh, Chad Johnson isn't that guy. And I know that he's, he's what, $200,000 cheaper. The Bruins had to kind of... The Bruins had to kind of scrimp going into the season because they needed to figure out... They hadn't signed a Ginla at that point. Right. They needed to figure out where this money was going and who was going to replace Nathan Horton and all these moving parts. But I think that, in, and I've gotten asked about this a few times just uh, with, with reader emails and Twitter, Chad Johnson I don't think is something worth necessarily addressing over the next few days because you do have a group of goalies. Absolutely not. And, and if you lose, and, and, and if anything all, happens to Tuca, you're screwed anyway. We so talk about overreacting, and, and I don't want to put myself in that category. Yeah. I would have played Svedberg just because he had he simply just because he, he was hot or he was warmer. He, I guess. Yeah, he he had been playing all along. Chad Johnson is eleven and three. Yeah, his goals against average is two point two. Now, a I lot think of he's performed though at times really good. Yeah, the five games leading into the Olympic break, his five games. Yeah, very very good. And that He'd was given part up of ten goals in five games. And that was part of a stretch in which, and it, I mean. Tuka would say Shut it all out the, the time. Kings one right. nothing. I mean, he had some very good performances in there. He's eleven and three on the season. He is the backup goaltender. Let's not go crazy here because once the playoffs start, if I see Chad Johnson in a game, right, we're in trouble. Exactly. Well, if you see anyone but Tuka in the game, you're in trouble. So even if even if I mean even if they had gone out and and slightly upgraded that position, you lose Tuka Rask and you're in bad shape no matter what. But 
to your point on how Johnson was playing before the break, that was part of a stretch in which he started, what, six of 12 games? Tuca would say all the time. Tuca had been pulled from yeah. a couple of games yeah. in that stretch, the end of December. To use to use the uh, the um, the Finnish stat of games played indeed, which <laughs> yeah. is just games in which you played. Chad Johnson had a very high GPI over that stretch. Yeah. And uh, Tuca would say all the time when he was backing up Tim Thomas, you know, the, the more I play, the better I'm going to play. I'm not complaining complaining about my ice time, but the more I play, the better I'm going to play. Johnson started half of the team's games in that 12-game span, played in a few others of them, as you mentioned. And as we have six back-to-backs in this month of March, the first of which is today on the second end of uh, of yesterday and today against the Rangers, you're going to be seeing a lot more Chad Johnson. And I think that you'll see a bit of an uptick in performance there, hopefully. Depending mm-hmm. on how Tuca is physically, and, and you made the valid point that the Bruins could have very easily had, had opted to not play him for the – the bomb tossers out there who wanted to come up with another reason why Tuca missed the semifinal game in the Olympics. Yeah. Get a fact or two and then see if you can chew on it once in a I, while. Uh, I, I don't mean you. Yeah. I'm talking about the bomb well, tossers out there. Get a fact or two. Um, here's a fact, okay? He was sick. Yeah. The problem was his quote. In the quarterfinal, well, I could, he played I, through I, it. Right. He's, you know, I could have played. I would have been at about 40%. But we've got another number one goaltender, Kari Lettin. Yeah. And, you know, it, it seemed kind of silly to go out there. Now, he played in the bronze medal game and played very well. He had played great against the Russians prior to that. He came home, was still feeling the effects of being sick in Russia. And that's why the Bruins said, look, just stay home. Right. Just, you know, get get some more rest. Get Get a practice or two under your belt. See a shot or two. And I'm not suggesting that he played poorly yesterday, quote, unquote, because, you know, he had been sick. I don't think he played that poorly. Yes, sir. Again, he gave up two breakaway goals and two, two breakaways and two power play blasts from Alex oh, Ovechkin. Yeah, exactly. Now, the question for me tonight is, because I my, my first instinct would be to play Tuka Rask tonight. Okay, interesting. First instinct. And I would play Chad Johnson Tuesday when the Florida Panthers come to town. But that's all predicated on how Tuka is physically because he is coming off this this illness that he's been trying to fight through. Right. Well, I mean, ideally, you'd rather have Johnson against the uh, the Panthers and Rask against the Rangers. But if I'm the Bruins, and I've said this all along, this second half or this stretch run, whatever, this 25, now 23-game stretch going into the playoffs is just going to be a Chad Johnson party. If, I'm, if, if I have my druthers, it's as much Chad Johnson as possible. I know that I just kind of spoke of, about some of his weaknesses, but your number one priority is having a guy who would have won the Conn Smythe last year at his best going into the playoffs because we've now seen him dominate an NHL postseason. We've seen him perform very well in the Olympics. This guy's established that he's a big game player. And yeah, you can there He'll have been, be a Vezina Trophy finalist this year, if not win the Vezina Trophy. And I I don't think he should win it because this I'm just saying he'll be right. a finalist. The, yeah, okay. Um He's given up a few more bad goals than than you'd like this season. Certainly more than you saw from last yeah. season when he absolutely should have been a Vezina finalist. I think that the priority is getting this guy sharp and getting him at his best going into the playoffs. If that means giving him a bit of a rest now and ramping it up in that last in the, that those last two weeks, then that's what you do. But if I'm the Bruins, I try to stay away from too many back-to-backs. I know he had a few earlier in the season. And it's only a question for me tonight on how he is physically. Granted, th- this today has been... This isn't uh, two games in a 24-hour span. It was a day game and a night game, yep. so maybe that helps a little bit. And but. a very short commute to the to the second yeah, game. Yeah, 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 good so point. 
I would I would play Tuca tonight if he's okay physically, and then I'd play Chad Johnson Tuesday against Florida here at the TD Garden. But that's I, every time I play UB Claude, I get it wrong. It, but it isn't about when to play Tuca and when to play Chad Johnson. It's about which guy are they going to trade Ryan Spooner and Zeno Chara and all these guys for? <laughs> the, the Bruins will make at least one, if not a couple of deals, between now and Wednesday. There's no doubt in my at mind. The very, I mean, at the very least, they'll they'll do the the Ralston and uh, in Motto type thing. Well, they thing. always yeah. do deals between you know around the t- the time of the trade deadline. You yeah. had the first major shot fired across the NHL's bow with the Ryan Miller deal to St. Louis. Uh, you're, you're supposedly talking to people around the National Hockey League. The the asking price is just ridiculously off the charts. There's there's a very small group of sellers, a big group of buyers. So the sellers are trying to maximize, and they should, by the way, yeah, trying to maximize their return for the players that they're willing to give up. The asking prices are ridiculous. What I think it means is that you're going to see more deals as you get closer to the deadline at 3 o'clock on Wednesday because at some point or another, the ridiculously high asking prices are going to come down. Have, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're going to get, okay, now I'm back in. Now, Okay, now we'll talk about player X. I think the Bruins will acquire a defenseman. I'd like to see them get a left shooting Physical defenseman who can play top four minutes, we'll say Chris Phillips for the sake well, of Chris, our argument. I mean, for the sake of argument, for the sake of there not being too many other guys like that out there, and I think that it'll be interesting to see if the Bruins are to get Phillips, what they'll have to give up for him because, I mean, it's pretty much well known that that's what they need, and if there aren't too many guys like that out there in the final years of their deals on teams that are selling, then they might have to give up a little more. All right, we'll take a break. We'll get right to the calls with you guys. 617-779-7937, the AT&T text line available to you at 37937. A whole bunch of you have already taken advantage of that, including the texter from the 774 who says, Dale, the B's number one shill. Also, oh, I have an Uh, an issue. And and to the texter, yeah, because they've been so bad here the last few years. They need a a shill to defend them. Here's my issue. They've had two crummy games. Yeah. Calm down. Can't overreact. My issue, Dale likes to take shots at Tory Krug. Misspelled Tory. Way to go, Bozo. None of the goals were Krug's fault. Uh, the first goal of this two-game stretch was Tory Krug's fault. No? Of the, got, of, yeah, in the Buffalo the, game, yes. Yeah. yeah, he got out-muscled <laughs> backboards. By a look, guy look, who weighs less than him. He's an undersized NHL defenseman, and, and I understand that. I, I don't need, actually have an issue with that. Uh, Don Sweeney was an undersized NHL defenseman yeah, sure. who Tons played more than 1,000 games in the National Hockey League. I don't have a problem with that. He has offensive skills better than any other defenseman on this roster, including Zdeno Chara. Yeah. Chara's got the boom, right? but Krug's got the offensive skills and the offensive game. There are just times when I think defensively Krug leaves you vulnerable. Now, for the texter who says Boychuk was minus two yesterday, you're right. He didn't have a very good game. Yeah, the, he was the on the Bruins, ice for three of them. The Bruins, as a team, had an awful game yesterday. They don't give up one-on-none breakaways. Right. They don't do that. We'll get. We'll take a break. We'll get right to the calls and dive in with you guys. 617-779-7937. Dale Arnold, DJ Bean, in on Sports Sunday, Sports Radio, WEEI. He didn't say Brad Marchand in the quote, but that's who, who he meant. Yeah about not disciplined enough and taking some bad penalties and Brad Two offensive zone stick penalties. A couple of dumb no penalties. Good. And and there you, you you go into the game you were thinking two things. One is that Braden Holtby for whatever deficiencies he may have always plays well against the Bruins. He always gets good results against the yeah, Bruins. He, I'll put it, it that way. He was 3 and 0 lifetime against the yeah. Bruins. His goals against average was like 2.4. Yeah. 
But more importantly, you can't put the caps on the power play. They came into the game as the number two power play in the NHL. It's the one thing you couldn't do. Right. Which they immediately then did. And one of their top penalty killers was the guy who kept putting them on the power play. So <laughs> it doesn't help. Uh, 617-779-7937. Trade deadline Wednesday, 3 p.m. I am positive the Bruins will make one, if not I think they'll make more than one move. Dale uh, Arnold reporting that the Bruins guaranteed will. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I am, I'm just positive because yeah. ha- has well, a trade need- deadline come and gone and Peter Shirelli sat it out? Now, he's made some moves that were pretty minor yeah. uh, because he didn't think that the, the major moves that he wanted to make were out there. Uh, I mean, we don't have to go too far back in history to remember the acquisition of Thomas Caberlet that we all thought was the turnaround yeah. of the power play fortunes here. Yep. And, and it was the two minor moves that he made prior to that that ended up being the difference maker. Chris Kelly, the best pickup of those three between Rich Peverly, Chris Kelly, and uh, and Thomas Caberlet. And then the next season, that was kind of what you're talking about where he's not afraid to, if the big move to be made isn't there, he'll say, you know what, I'll get Brian Ralston and Mike Botto and take our chances. He doesn't force it. Right. But he always, always, always makes a move. Yes. And, and, and sometimes, look, I, I think they need to make a move because they need help. But if you went into it, into the trading deadline period saying, you know what, I'm pretty good with what we got here. You almost have to make a move as a psychological message to your team. Hey, I got your back. You know, we're pretty good, but I know you could use some help. You know, here, we're going to bring somebody in. Uh, now, if, if in bringing that new person in, you're, you're taking a guy away that's a huge presence in the, lo- in the dressing room and a huge presence right, yeah, on the team. Right, yeah, you don't shake things up just for the, right. shake of, but for the sake of shaking things up. But you do, as you said, try to add just so you give the players the confidence that your GM has your back, which I don't think there's any player who's ever been in a Peter Shirelli organization and has felt their GM doesn't have their back because Shirelli has such a good relationship with yep. players and is so uh, well-respected among players. But, yeah, I mean, I think that there is, there's something to be said for adding something now, here's an argument I've made, and I've gotten killed for it a bit. If the Bruins, hypothetically, if they were to do nothing, if they were to add nobody to offense, defense, anything, I think that this roster right now, assuming you is get Adam Eastern McQuaid, Conference Finals team. Is so, right. So is good enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, therefore is probably good enough to win the Eastern Conference. And once you're in the Stanley Cup Finals, anything can happen. I would assume that this roster right now would get its ass kicked by any of those teams out West. But I think that this team is good enough right now, as is, to win the Eastern Conference. You know the team that I think is in trouble right now? Which? Pittsburgh. Yeah. And there, there are some reports out there that Ray Shiro is going full bore trying to acquire Ryan Kessler from the Vancouver Canucks. Which? Who is available. Do it. <laughs> but it's the exact opposite of what he needs. He needs, yeah, he needs help in the back end. He's got, I mean, Chris Letang is done for the year and, and God willing can play in the future. Right. And, and, I, and I mean that. I, yeah. I mean that sincerely. Absolutely. I, I just hope the guy's healthy enough to be able to play going forward. Paul Martin's on the sidelines right now. Yeah. A big part of their defense, good enough to be a U.S. Olympian, quote-unquote. <laughs> I didn't think he should have been on the team, but that's beside the right. point. Uh, they've Who's got the coach? huge issues on the back end. Yeah. And I tweeted this out last night. If I'm the Penguins... I'm trying to figure out who's the best defenseman I can acquire out there, not necessarily the best player I can acquire, and Kessler is that. I love oh, Kessler's absolutely. game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right, yeah. I'm I a- love everything about Kessler's game. And, and to give you an idea of what it would cost, the reported stories out of Pittsburgh is that the Penguins have offered up Brandon Sutter, a first, a second, and another player, and I can't remember who the other one is, as, as the starting point to acquire Ryan Kessler. Well, I think that Kessler, and I totally I totally agree with you that this is a team that clearly you diagnosed their biggest need 
as being help on the back end with Latang out and further uncertainty there. But I think Kessler is the type of player, even if not just for this year, that you go balls to the wall for. He's a guy that you want in your organization. I love him. I mean, and how deep would that team be down the middle if you if you've got the guys they've already got and then add Ryan Kessler to that equation? I think that it's kind of bogus to say that he didn't ask for a trade. I think that once oh he absolutely when it gets did. put out there heavily that a guy asked for a trade and then the agent comes out and says oh no no it's smooth sailing. That is the number one telltale sign that the player has asked for a trade. He absolutely did. There is no doubt about that. All right, let's get to the call. 617-779-7937. Maria's in Watertown. Hi, Maria. How are you? Good. How are you, Dale? Very well, thank you. How are you? Um, Good, thanks. I Um, think I asked that twice. I apologize. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. That's how friendly Um, you are. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Very quickly, with regard to um, Ryan Kessler going to Pittsburgh, do it, do it, do it. It worked out so well for them last year when they picked up Aginla. I can't wait. Well, oh, Kessler, be, yeah. Kessler's a much better player yeah. than Aginla, and I love Ryan Kessler. I just think that Pittsburgh's big problem right now is defense. defense. And, and yeah. by the way, I'm not overreacting to what I saw last night in Chicago. I, I think that going forward, they're going to have real problems on the blue line. And the, the major reason for my call, Dale, and I'll preface this by saying that I respect you and I very much enjoy listening to you. But you did get me riled up this morning when you started the show with, you know, somewhat, I hope, tongue-in-cheek, chastising a texter um, regarding the season um, ticket holder pricing. No, I, I think what you misunderstood, Maria, I was chastising the texter for using one game as a criticism for the ticket price increase. Okay. For, right. for the, the, the texter was saying, yeah, how does Cam Neely justify the ticket price increase based on what I saw today? Well, yeah, and, you, you and can't again, use a game to, I, to, to... I know, I, and I'm aggravated, too. I've been a season ticket holder for five years now. been very loyal to the team, and I know that they have put a lot of money into the team. Hence, you know, a championship in 2011, the Stanley Cup Finals last season. However, having said that, I am finding it extremely difficult to continue my loyalty to this ownership. And I'll come right out and say it. Mr. Jacobs, in my eyes, this is my own personal opinion, does not give a rat's you-know-what about his season ticket holders. We get nothing in return for being a season ticket holder. There is no special benefit or um, special um, gift or reward. So for me to sit there in my cramped little seat in the balcony, game after game, and I'm a petite woman, um, is becoming more and more difficult for me to justify every season. And I would like to ask someone in the Bruins organization, tell me why I should continue to be loyal to you when I've seen my tickets jump from $38 to now $50 a seat. I can't, I, I, obviously I can't answer for them, okay? And, right. and no, I'm, 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 and, and no, and, and that's fine. I, I have no problem with you venting, to use your term. Uh, m- my guess is their answer would be what we've given you, Maria, what we've attempted to give you has is in- one of the best teams yeah. in the National Hockey League year in and year out. We've given you a product that, that has proven to be very entertaining and is a championship caliber team and that that's where our money is going. They'll I'm arg- just guessing. They'll argue that what you're getting right now is much better than what you were getting five years ago when you were paying those lower prices for it. I obviously disagree with that, but the fact of the matter is, and I'm sure you see it, Maria, I'm going to borrow a phrase with the you-know-what, 
they have these season ticket holders by the you know what's having seen we can't give our tickets back if we and he exactly it's exactly what happens to us year after year so for me who is a passionate hockey fan i love the sport i've always loved the sport um i they have given me a great product but then when i look at other organizations or even the tenant in that building who treats their season ticket holders so much differently when I tell you even even before this whole rebuilding thing has going on I have a friend who has been a season ticket holder with the Celtics as long as I have been with the Bruins she has had her seats upgraded on a yearly basis at least once or twice a year for no reason whatsoever hey I want to reward you for your loyalty her season ticket rep says I got seats on the floor for you do something else with your tickets tonight and enjoy your seat on the floor. Well, I, again, I I'm, and and Maria, while I, I was happy to allow you, as, as you said, your opportunity to vent, I really don't want to turn this into four hours of complaining about the Bruins' ticket price increase. I understand, believe me, I understand this how difficult it is. This is four hours of complaining is. about the Bruins' defensemen, all right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I understand completely how difficult it is from a financial perspective uh, to, to I, I don't know how oh, yeah. you just, just, you know, save up the money to take the wife and two kids to a game you know, on a Wednesday in, yeah. in March, forget about season tickets. I don't know how people do it. I oh, yeah. really don't on, a, on a, an ongoing basis in any sport. Uh, and and I, I'm not trying to downgrade how difficult it is financially. Now, I don't know the season ticket benefits for the Boston Bruins. I, yeah, I don't either. I, I, I'll take Maria's word for it. I have no idea that, you know, I, I would think that most organizations – have some sort of a rewards program for season sure. ticket holders. Hey, we've got this gift for you. The what she was saying, you know, and by the way, it's kind of easy for the Celtics probably at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, come on, sit down here tonight. That sort of thing, and and that's wonderful if the Celtics do that. That's that's good, solid business. My guess is if if the Bruins get enough blowback from their season ticket holders, or if they get enough feedback from people like Maria. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're the loyal guys. We're the guys who put the money into the system. How about being nice to us once in a while, too, which I think is a valid complaint by Maria, and it would be good business for any organization. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just a shame. And I, I know people who have who have had season tickets with the Bruins for a year or two and then afterwards just said, you know, I, I can't afford this anymore and have had and to. And I understand that completely. And I say, as getting back to what you said, and I say, how could you afford them in the first place? It's absurd. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is they do have them by the whatever you want to call it's that they know that these people love the Bruins, that they're we'll very find loyal out. to them. We'll find out right. now. And, I mean, once they're at their best and once you're seeing a Stanley Cup team out there every year, how are you going to walk away from that? And they're kind of calling the season ticket holders bluff. Well, because the Bruins, if they don't do it, if they give up their tickets, guess who will, guess who will snatch them up? StubHub or anybody else? Well, the Bruins now have a season ticket waiting list. Right. My guess is, and I'm only guessing, is that they'll lose a, a portion of their season ticket base based on the on the ticket price hike. And I'll, let's just, for the sake of argument, put it at 10%. Right. The 10% of the season ticket holders now say, look, I can't afford it anymore. I, I, I love the team. I love the game, but I can't do this anymore. Well, then the question is, do they make up that 10% off their waiting off list? Off their waiting list, or, the, or have those people also dropped off? Because you, you'd also imagine they'd lose people off the waiting list as well. Uh, Jim's in Peabody. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Hey, Dale, how are you? How are you? How are you? What's up, Jim? I'm a, big, I'm a big Red Wings fan. The playoffs started today. Does the Bruins play the Red Wings? If the playoffs started today, let me see. The Bruins would play, I want to say, yeah, they would play the Red Wings. Uh, if, I'm a, if I'm a Bruins fan, I don't want no part of the Red Wings. What do you think? Why? 
If they're healthy, I'm I'm a little scared, but yeah, they're but not. Just, yeah. Right. 22 straight years. I always look at last year, Dale. They took Chicago right to the seventh game. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not knocking anybody. Anybody you play is supposed to be good. You're you're in yeah, the playoffs. I, I mean, every every, every single team. I mean, I'll 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 play the absurd card for you. I don't want any part of the Montreal Canadiens. The Bruins never right. beat the Canadians. Exactly. I don't want any part of the Toronto right. Maple Leafs. Phil Kessel finally learned how to play in the well, playoffs last year. Quick little side note: the just as a hockey fan, the matchup I am hoping for in the first round, I want the Maple Leafs again. I want to see that again in the first round. I, I, I guess the point I'm making, Jim, is is you're, it's supposed to be hard. You're in the right, playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. The opponent Every is team. supposed to be good. There is no team in the Eastern Conference first couple of rounds because the Bruins can't play the Penguins right. until you get to the finals. There's the, the Bruins day at one? Pardon me? Are the Bruins be the one? Bruins are two right two. now. Right now they're two. Two and seven, two and seven right? Yep. Okay, that sounds good. Because the last two times, well, not right now, the Detroit's been in the last two times, and they got one more game left in Detroit. Yeah, but one of those was that one of those games uh, the Bruins didn't even show up for. That was the uh, what the pre Thanksgiving one. one. That was six just to one. six to one. They lost. We talk about rarely poor efforts, and or uh, yeah, uh, that we've seen the last couple of games. The Bruins in that game against uh, the Red Wings before Thanksgiving. I can't remember the specifics of it, but it was just probably the about, poorest they, showing they've, they've had, had all season. They've had about three or four of those this year. That are just, And yeah. in the course of 82, you're going to have yeah. a handful of games that are just awful. And but that again, Red Wings game was one of them. But again, as I said, this is a team that for whatever reason, and good for them, doesn't usually go balls to the wall during the regular season and they turn it on in the, in the postseason. You don't see those absolute duds, and you saw a couple of them from Pittsburgh last year when uh, they played them in the Eastern Conference Finals. You don't see those duds from the Bruins in the postseason. Well, at, at least not on an ongoing basis. Right. Yeah. And if if they do have a, a clunker, yeah, they generally come back, you know, pretty strongly in the next game. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven three seven ninety three seven is the AT and T text line. Dale Arnold, DJ Beans, Sunday morning Sports Sunday Sports Radio W E E I. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. The AT&T text line 37937. It's 950 on a Sunday morning. The gigantic batten down the hatches snowstorm that was allegedly headed our way is supposedly being pushed south of us. And uh, the, the latest forecast is for much less snow here. It's about time something like that happened. Please. I always feel once you hit March 1st, yeah. I can live with whatever happens after that. Yeah. You know, you get to March 1st, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Even if you get pummeled, you know, right. you know that, that it's going to warm right. up soon. And, and I always – that's it's that psychological – you get a big one once in a while, even right. in April once in a while, but you just feel like, okay, I made it. Yeah. But I've having said that, I'm running out of places to put snow. You know? <laughs> I mean, enough of this stuff. All right, let's get back to the calls with you guys. 617 617- Seven seven nine seven ninety three seven. Brandon's in, New, in is in New Bedford. Hey, Brandon. Hey, how's it going? Great, Hi, how are Brandon. You? Uh, I was uh, calling. I was wanting to talk about the uh, Bruins ticket prices uh, going up. Sure. Um, Matt, uh, me and my dad, we've been uh, diehard Bruins fans for a while now. He's been uh, avid Bruins fan his whole life, and um, I was for his birthday. I was trying to get him. Uh, tickets to a game because he has a muscle disease. I wanted to get him tickets. I called about handicap ticket prices, and the lady tells me it's $200, thinking, oh, may, all right, maybe it's uh, for both seats, and it's $200 a ticket. And then 
I'm just thinking what it's crazy how if they're gonna increase the prices even more after after that. Where were the where were the seats? Uh the handicapped seats. Because there's only um Is that Loge? I I'm not hundred percent. Like sure. on that because it's that lower level? A certain number of uh handicapped seating. Right, yeah, I know I know that, that uh yeah, these buildings have to have a certain amount of um of handicapped tickets. I'm just wondering off the top of my head, I don't know if they have any in like the, the balcony or anything. Do you know, Dale? I, I assume it's only those I would, that, uh, around the top right. of the lower bowl. There. Yeah, where there's that like there's that really kind of spacious area at the top of that bowl. I mean, I so I I can't really speak with expertise on this just because I'm not positive, but I might think that that m- could fall in line with other just similarly priced uh, tickets around that section of were the, you, the now building. Now, were you talking about the Bruins, or did you talk to a a secondary market? Because I I gotta be I'm on the seating chart here for the TD Garden, and and that price doesn't seem right to me. Were you talking to like a StubHub or somebody like that? What was that? Were Were you talking to like a StubHub or an Ace Ticket, or were you talking to the uh, it, to the Garden? It was uh, for the Garden because you can't get the tickets online for it. You have to call in to get. Um, handicap seating. Well, I'm 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 looking at it yeah. here, and I just don't think that that price is correct. I I'm not going to pretend to know. I, I I just quickly googled it, went online. I'm looking at the seating chart, uh, and I don't believe that the price is two hundred dollars a seat. I, I I can't speak for who you spoke to or 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 anything like that. Was it in the postseason? No, it was a uh, regular season ticket. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I, I'm sitting here looking at the prices and. Uh, I may be wrong, and God knows I am from time. Right? To yeah. Time. I mean, yeah. You're, you're speaking from experience here. I mean, that that would stink. I mean, I don't, I don't know how this affects handicapped uh, tickets or what or what are they called? ADA? Uh, yeah, American yeah. Uh, for Disabilities Act. I, I, yeah. I don't know the answer, Brandon. And and I, I wish I could tell you the answer, but um, it's yeah. uh, well, I'm looking at lower loge tickets. In other words, the lower bowl. I mean, they're expensive. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, they're they're in the 200s. Right. This segment has sounded like two guys on their computers trying to Which do radio while on their computers. what it was. Jim's yeah. in Quincy. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey, guys. How you doing? How are you? What up, Jim? I uh, uh, didn't want to talk about the tickets either, but uh, I think the reason people are going to be paying more next year is because we're paying this overrated goalie, uh, Tuka Rask. I mean, and that, that was... But, but, that was and, and, and feel free to, to knock Tuka Rask, please. but stop with this. That's why we're paying more. Uh, I think they overpaid for him. You guys talking this Vesna, but the only way he'll he'll be at the Vesna is if he buys a ticket. I mean, he will be. A, I'm, uh, Jim, I hate to break the news to you, he will be a Vesna Trophy finalist this year. And there's no reason he should be. To me, he's, he's been awful. He's closure to pull him out of the game. Wait a minute, wait sir, a minute. He's sir. been he's been awful. It, he has been awful lately. Closure to pull him out of the game yesterday. Those meatballs he let in. Uh, give me, the, give me, which, an, exam- hey, give me Jim, an example Jim, of a meatball. Jim, Jim, which meatball was it? One of the breakaway goals, or was it yeah. one of Al, uh, Alexander Ovechkin's just ridiculous slap oh. shots on the power play. Oh no, the one, the one where a basketball would have went between five hole yesterday. That that was pathetic. He is not. And he's still. He's the bone from his choke last year in the game six against the Blackhawks is still there. He choked in that game. And and the reason Sir. they wouldn't they wouldn't have beat Toronto for for that miraculous comeback. He he played awful in that game. Sir, how did he do against the Penguins? 
He, uh, he, he, there was the great defense, and the Penguins had even worse goaltenders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Days. Two goals allowed against the Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins. In that four, has nothing to do with games. the goalie. And, he, and it's a it's quote system, and it's Chara, that, the defense. That's why even the backup Well, then why do you care right, who so the yeah, goalie so, is? So if you have Chara, then you're, if you're going to get those performances automatically with any stiff back there, then then why are you worried? Yeah, I, I just think the guy is overrated in this town. To me, he's mediocre, backup at best. And uh, and another guy I'd like to see him trade at the deadline is Lushik. Does anyone know where he was yesterday? So he uh, had a really bad game yesterday, so we got to get him out of here, right? Yeah, well, he, when's the last time he's had a good game? I mean, he, he takes too many games off. He, he does, like, so, so here's the thing. What you equate with taking games off is the lack of production, which, you know what, that happens in hockey. People try to trade hockey as a as a statistically driven sport, which it won bajillion percent, and I agree with Brian Burke with what he said the other day, it is not. You have to watch the games. Milan Lucic overpowers opponents and wears them down. The Bruins have a number of players. Hey, hey, sir. The Bruins have a number of players who are extremely difficult to play against. Patrice Bergeron for obvious reasons, but Milan Lucic also because he wears other guys down. You might not always see it, and you might not always see it. He always talks about getting his feet moving, and how it might not always look like he's the fastest guy on the ice. But he is a he he is an extremely difficult player to play against. And you want to like say when was the last time you saw him perform that. well, or when was the last time you were raving about him? He was pretty good in the postseason last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. That was the last time. He, this year, he's pretty much taken the season off. Oh, so that I mean, right. like, he's not earning his paycheck. You can't tell me he is. I, they should trade him to his homeland, Vancouver, and get the other guy here for him. Right, he's on very good standing with Vancouver right now. Well, I'm sure if he went back, they'd, they'd take him. Because I, I, time to get him out of town. All right, wait, so, so I, I want to keep this guy because this is this is a bit of a party. Um, so we're talking no Tuka Rask, no Milan Lucic. What would you like the makeup of this team to be? Uh, I, I would, If I could get rid of both of them, which you're not going to be able to with their contracts. Oh, yeah, nobody would take Tuka Rask. Not, not with that contract they want to, they want to take. If you could drop them, I would. You know what, Jim, and, and obviously you're, you're, you're our go-to guy when it comes to player rankings. I, I will tell you, Jim, that NHL.com, which has the latest goaltender rankings in the NHL, disagrees with you somewhat. They have Tuka, they have Tuka Rask ranked number one. Uh, that's, now what's his record against Montreal? Oh, his record against Montreal is two, the reason. Is it 2-10 and ten against your big rival? The guy chokes in the big games. That's, Sir, that's, that's, okay. the guy chokes Damn. in the big games. How did he do against Pittsburgh last year? Oh, that wasn't him. That was, that was that Chara. Was, that was the system, and it yeah. was Chara. And when he plays poorly, That was it's a great Tuka. save that Chara made at the end of the game yeah. on the Ginla in game when, four. When he plays poorly, it's because he chokes. When he plays well, it's, right. because, it's because the system of... and, and Zidane Chara. Jim's and, hilarious. And have a nice day. Yeah. 617-779-7937. AT&T text line is 37937. It's Dale and DJ, Sports Radio, WEEI. Hour number two, Sports Sunday, Sports Radio, WEEI. My name is Dale Arnold. DJ Bean from WEEI.com is here as well. We began the program talking some hockey as the Bruins are in New York tonight to take on the Rangers. 0-2 coming out of the Olympic break and haven't played especially well in either of the two. Uh, and, of course, the NHL trade deadline comes up Wednesday at 3 p.m., but we've got other things that we're going to add into the mix as well as we as we move forward here. Uh, we will be leading you up to Red Sox baseball. The uh, game starts at 1 o'clock, well, 1.05, but we're taking you up till 1 o'clock when the Red Sox come your way this afternoon. Uh, exhibition baseball, oh, they, they hate when I say that. Uh, pre-season, uh, pre-season. Uh, uh, pre-season Grapefruit League uh, baseball. It's not exhibition baseball, right? I don't know how Grapefruit League sounds better than I don't exhibition baseball. 
Uh, and we had uh, an opportunity for some people to vent, I guess, here. We've had a, a caller uh, last hour who wants to trade both Tuka Rask and Milan Lucic. Or we're happy to announce that, that we, we, will be, um, yeah, we will be having uh, caller Jim on for every segment the rest of the way. <laughs> Maybe not. When we talk Red Sox, he's going to talk about how they have to trade Lester rather than re-sign him. You know. It's <laughs> funny how uh, trades get, get fans so excited in every sport. They turn into, like, I don't I'm I'm trying to think like they it they lose their minds. Well, there's the grass is always greener. Yeah. Factor here. You know right. that, that the player you don't have is obviously going to be better than the player you do have, which is an issue that's that's coming up a lot with uh well the Bruins should get this defenseman, the Bruins should get that defenseman and you say are they better right now than Matt Barkowski? I'm not sure they are. And Chris Phillips is is an example, for Chris instance. Chris Phillips is a guy who I think legitimately pushes Matt Barkowski. I'm, I think that he can play top four minutes with the Bruins, but he's by no means a Dennis Seidenberg type that can really replace what you lost with him. I think no, he's, but, he's but something you know you what? To the equation. I wouldn't mind adding Chris Phillips to oh, this sure, team. Oh, sure, sure. And, and if you're asking me, would I be willing to include a David Warsawski or even a Matt Barkowski as part of the package to acquire a guy like Phillips, I'd say yes. If I'm the Bruins, I wait. I wait to see uh, what happens with Phillips because he's doing his own negotiating with the Senators. So I'm waiting to see if he decides to stay with them or if he doesn't. And if if he's uh, if he's willing to move for, on from there, then I call the Senators and I say David Warsawski in a second round pick. That's a that's quite a steep price, but I do it if I'm the Bruins. And this isn't knocking the kid from Marshfield or no, no, Cushing no. Academy or he's anything been great. like he was, that. He was he was awesome on the second on the second. Uh, Power play unit. He's got very good offensive skills. But like again, Tory the, there is a, there's a redundancy there. That's the you... thing. You've got you've got an area of depth in in a couple of things here. You know, you've got some right shooting defensemen. Yep. Uh, you you really need a left shoot a left shot defenseman. And and I think I've underrated over the years the whole left right thing. I think I've, oh. I've been wrong about that. Yeah. I mean, I people the the other writers uh, they roll their eyes because I've either written about it or asked about it a thousand times, but that's a real thing. The left shot guys, they can play both sides usually. Dennis Seidenberg does it remarkably well. Right shot guys, which is the area where the Bruins, at least the NHL level, have a bit of a surplus. Right shot guys cannot play the left side because for a a few different on-ice reasons, but maybe the biggest one is they just don't have the experience because as they come up through juniors, Right shot defensemen are rarer than left shot defensemen. So if you're on a junior team and you're a right shot defenseman, they are so thanking their lucky stars that they have you that they are not moving you for a second. And you're probably on a team where you got left shot guys playing on the right side. So these right shot guys, Dougie Hamilton, Johnny Boychuk, uh, Kevin Miller, Adam McQuaid, they don't have any experience playing on the left side, whereas Tory Krug's a left shot guy. He can play on the right side. Matt Barkowski hasn't had to do it, but he says that if he had to, he, he could handle it pretty easily. Uh, so what you need to do is go out and get a left shot guy who can hold down that left spot. And this is a, who can play some significant minutes for you. And it's a rare predicament, Dale, because how often do you talk about usually with teams, it's, they need to go get the right side because, uh, or, or yeah, they have a, a shortage there. It's pretty rare for a team to have a surplus at the NHL level on the right side. So more of the defensemen that are out there being shopped, our left side guys, but from there it becomes, can they play top uh, top four minutes? And a few weeks ago, I don't know if it's the case anymore, but I looked at the teams that were out of the playoff picture that had defensemen who were left shots in the final years of their contract 
and I don't played, even mind taking on term, by the way. Right, yeah. That, and, that's and true. And by the, the way, Peter Shirelli doesn't mind He doesn't mind it either. Term. And he, he's done it regularly. He did it with Chris Kelly, Rich yep, Peverly. He doesn't have a problem yeah. with that. Um, but, I, I mean, for guys who were in walk years, left shots on losing teams who played 20-plus minutes a night, there were only two guys. One was Andrew McDonald with the Islanders, who you and I have discussed. Neither of us are they're really in love with him. The other was Ron Hainsey. And Hainsey's never played in the playoffs before. So the, the pickings there are rather slim. I think that with McDonald, as you've probably seen, as you've watched uh, the Islanders play the Bruins, he doesn't play a ton against good teams. And he's also not really big and strong, which is kind of what they're going for here. He, he if anything, maybe gives you a bit of redundancy with Matt Barkowski. So I think that there there's a guy out there for them to get. And right now it seems to be Chris Phillips. Well, but... The other guy that I really like, and supposedly they've kind of backed away the idea of trading him, is Mark Stewart. I, I don't love Mark Stewart. I see him as a, as a third-pairing guy. And he, he can push for, for uh, top four minutes, but not the way that I think Phillips could. I like Mark Stewart a lot. He's, he's physical. He's big. He's strong. All those things you would that think I think he'd be pre- low cost, and and the cost would not be as exorbitant. Yeah. But supposedly Winnipeg is now in the process of trying to get him re-signed. Look, all these teams are trying to get these guys re-signed, like the Rangers did with Dan Girardi. And according to multiple reports, the Bruins inquired about Girardi. They were interested in trying to acquire Dan Girardi from the Rangers. Which, which if they did get Girardi, great. That 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 would have been. And I know that I just talked about how you need left shot guys, you need left shot guys. Girardi's a right shot guy. And for me, as I look at this trade deadline and what they need to, which guy they need to replace, it isn't Dennis Seidenberg, it's Andrew Ferentz. And that second pairing in the postseason on the left side, someone to team with Johnny Boychuk or whoever's there, because yep. who knows? Now maybe Boychuk's your top pairing guy in the postseason with Zidane Ochara. But if you could have gone out and gotten Dan Girardi, that would have given you your postseason Seidenberg replacement. And that would have been just as nasty a top pairing as you had when you had Chara and Seidenberg. That would have been an insane addition to make would have been something of a luxury, but I, th- I still think at the end of the day, you got to go out and get the left shot guy. And to the people, and I'm one of them, by the way, who love Ryan Kessler's game, not a defenseman, but a forward who I just, I love everything yeah. about his game. He was one of the top performers in the Olympics for, for my money. And for those people who would want to go get a guy like Kessler, and I'm one of them, let's just try to be realistic now about what it would cost because you'd have to start with Riley Smith and I'm giving you kind of the minimum parameters here. Okay. A guy as good as Riley Smith or that caliber, uh, you'd have to give up, you know, a first and second round picks. You'd have to give up a a prospect of some kind, a good prospect, by the way. Not, not you know, some third line, you know, third D pair guy in Providence, but a, a top level prospect. Uh, and, and that would be the starting point, I think, for a guy like Kessler. And as I look at his, uh, at his cap hit, let's see. Where's he at? He's um, I'm not seeing it for. Oh, he he's at at five million dollars for this season, next season, and the season after that. And I'm okay with that's that. good money for him. Yep. So I think that 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 if anything makes him more attractive. Um, but also that the, the the cap situation does factor in there because say you were to give up a Riley Smith. If I'm the Bruins, I I I don't touch this offense at all. I love Ryan Kessler, but I don't go out. And I don't get anybody outside of a depth guy. You'd have to give up a top six forward, right, off this team to get a guy like Kessler, right. And I don't think I would necessarily do that because I like where Smith's at right now, and I think that he's he's an RFA at the end of the season. He's definitely going to get an upgrade from the what eight hundred thousand dollars he's making this season. 
but certainly not $5 million. He's probably going to find himself somewhere in, what, the $3 million range, high twos or something like that. Uh, from there, the cap is going up, but I still think even with Kessler on good money and Louis Erickson's on good money too in the low $4 million range, I think that at this point you try to have as few guys in that range as possible as you try to have this quote-unquote youth movement. All right, back to the call. 617-779-7937. Fred's up in New Hampshire. Hey, Fred. Morning, DJ. Morning, Dale. What's Morning, up, Fred? Fred. Only appropriate with the Oscars tonight that Chara gets a, a shot at best actor after that broken stick and he got a flash off it. <laughs> well, you know what? There were a lot of there were a lot of nominees yesterday. True. Unfortunately, Francois Saint Laurent, who was one of the two referees yesterday and was He's, also yeah. the referee in Buffalo right. the other night, who completely blew the Tyler Myers situation with oh, Marchand. My goodness, he sort of had a tough uh, a tough run here. Well. Um, everybody, I think this goes with after the Olympics. Uh, this past two games, one of the I know you can't play all 82 games, and I love this team going into the playoff as long as they're healthy. I mean, you see the last 10 games before that, you can see what they do. They don't even think about passing. It's on the guy's stick before they, he even knows it. I mean, it was perfection those last 10 games, except for the Montreal game. But I mean, they got to understand this team is good, very good, but then they can't just show up. And that's what they did the past couple of days. They just showed well, up. I think that's fair. I, you know, I, I don't think – I don't want to say that, that, that they didn't try. Uh, Claude made the point yesterday. They kind of got running around a little yeah. bit, almost like they were trying to do too much, and they got themselves out of position at times, and, and they can't play that way. That's not how they're structured. No, not at all. And, uh, I mean, it would have been nice to see Lucci or, or Iggy in that second period, roll somebody over. Showed that they wanted to be in the game because they were doing drive-bys and just waving at people. Well, I mean, in the but, second period, they showed they wanted to be in the game by making that comeback. They were uh, good so, in the second period, or at least well, late in the second period. There were, there were too many periods, parts of the game, where they were just they weren't working. They, and they have to work. Well, uh, look, they were down 3-2 after but, 2, so, you know. Yeah. And they had but, fought back from down 3-love, so. But my point is, uh, I'm seeing Erickson killing penalties now. I think Louis got a bad break because of the concussions. We saw how long it, it took Bergeron to come back from concussions. But are they putting on killing penalties just because they're trying to save Pae and uh, Campbell and, and Bergeron because going on just to have another option? Or do you? I mean, I don't. No, I mean, Erickson's a penalty killer. He killed penalties throughout his time in in Dallas. I mean, he's just another option out there. And also, as I said, Brad Marchand was in the penalty box for. Two of those penalties, and he's a guy that you, they use regularly on the PK. Which, by They've the way, been using him with Bergeron a yeah, lot this year. Which, as we're talking about texters, I said something about Marshan killing penalties, and a texter had an issue with it. He kills penalties. He has a bajillion uh, shorthanded goals. Leads the NHL yeah. in shorthanded yeah, goals. Yeah, what of it? Again, yesterday that uh, five on three, you could tell it wasn't there. I mean, they were just standing still. Well, now listen, like, that that one shot on goal that they got in that two minute span was a beautiful shot on goal. I disagree with that. You. Was just <laughs> that that was the low point of the day yeah. for me. You yeah. got a full two minute five on three advantage, and and I'll I'll give in a special caps, teams battle too. I'll give the Caps credit in this regard. They blocked two or three shots yeah. to their credit, and yeah. I'm not taking anything away from them. But you're trying to go, you know, down low across crease to another down low guy instead of doing the low high thing and, and generating shots. That was a, a horrible five on three power play. Yeah, that was a rough showing. I think that, uh, especially as I said, yesterday you had to assume it was going to be something of a special teams battle. You have to assume that if you're playing Washington, the second best uh, power play in the league, that you're going to be allowing a power play goal or two or three 
you get the opportunity to have a five on three for two minutes, you need to, to use that to negate what's going to happen the other way. Tonight, I expect nothing less than 100%. They haven't gone, what, have they gone three games they've lost in a row this year? They haven't, have no, they? No, they have no. not lost three in a row. And uh, if they come out flat again tonight, there's, there's something, you know, uh, Shirelli's probably going to make the, the change. Well, he's so he's, he's no, going to make the change right. so either I, way. I disagree with that. The people say, like, oh, if they come out flat again tonight, then something's really wrong, or if they come up flat again tonight that it's it's proof that the that Chirelli needs to make a, a trade. We've seen this personnel fare much better. Hell, this personnel without Zdeno Chara and with David Warsawski, who we were talking about earlier, playing in the final two games before the break, was absolutely fine. I think that the personnel isn't an issue. I think it's just that they've come back and you saw you've seen poor decision making uh from from Boychuk, from Krug, from Bartkowski, uh, among others. It's just a matter of performance. Not personnel. These guys are plenty capable. I know that in the regular season when they hit a bit of a lull, we want to get carried away. But even if they come out again tonight and throw another stinker, I think, oh, it's a shame they keep doing that, but they're still a good enough team. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Uh, you can text us if you'd like at 37937. When we come back, I'm going to ask a very simple question. When did Roger Goodell take over running the NBA as well? We'll get to that and some other things when we return. Dale Arnold, DJ Bean, Sports Radio, WEEI.